truck and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. And greetings. Happy Tuesday. Thanks for tuning in here today, live and on demand on The Blaze TV, radio and podcast. I'm Steve Dace. Todd Erzin, Aaron McIntyre here with me as well. 888-900-3393 is the number. 888-900-3393. You can also like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, at Steve Dace Show. Email the program, steve at stevedace.com. If you've never subscribed to Blaze TV before, uh, our overtime today, you know, if you're a sports fan, you're going to want to take advantage of this. Our overtime today, future Hall of Famer, World Series champion, Kurt Schilling is going to join us and break down the Major League Baseball postseason, which begins tonight uh, with, I, I, I think it's your Brewers in the wildcard game. Correct, Todd? That is correct. And it, it's a particularly noteworthy season because this is the first time we have had one pitching staff with two 300 strikeout pitchers. Uh, the Astros did it with uh, Justin Verlander and Garrett Cole. Uh, it's the first time it's happened since Kurt Schilling did it with Randy Johnson the year they led the Diamondbacks to the World Series uh, championship back in 2001, Aaron. Is this the first time we've also had two 300 home run teams in the same season? Because didn't both the Yankees and the Twins And the make Twins that? did it as well. Yeah, I mean, the, the, you know the Twins? So like their great power hitter ever, Harmon Killebrew, from back before any of us were born, they hit almost like 75% of his career home runs this season, the Minnesota Twins. And I, and I would defy anybody who doesn't follow fantasy baseball to name three hitters in their lineup, okay? <laughs> yeah, I have right? no idea. I mean, that's, they've, they've been an amazing story. And then the fact, you know, they got that a great start. The Indians got off to that slow start. The Indians then got hot, took over the division lead. And you kind of think that's where the, the young upstart team maybe takes a step back. Nope, they found an entirely extra gear and, and ended up winning the division by several games and leaving the Indians behind. So we're going to get uh, all of this broken down for us uh, by Kurt Schilling later today right here on Blaze TV. BlazeTV.com slash Dace. If you want to be a subscriber to Blaze TV, and it's not every day, you know, we have a Major League Baseball Hall of Famer on with us, but we got all kinds of other Hall of Famers with us. Mark Levin, Glenn Beck, all of their programs that you can catch right here as well. And use my name as a promo code to get a reduced subscription. We're kind of your, we're, we're kind of the, uh, uh, I know we like to be self-deprecating with the other programming. We're, we're, we're a little bit more vital around here than that. I, we're I, like the bat boy. Yeah. I, I, okay. Bobby Savoy mm-hmm. going and getting a, the pick me out a winner, Bobby grabbing a new bat for Roy Hobbs. I was going to kind of say, we're kind of like that key six, number six hole hitter on a really good baseball team. But if you want to denigrate us to the point of a bat boy, then you know, why not? I mean, let's see just how low the self-esteem can go around here. All right. So blaze tv.com slash days is how you can subscribe to blaze tv coming up at the bottom of the hour sean davis from the federalist is going to join us and we're going to try to make sense of this ukraine story and i'm going to give him a chance to respond to some of the pushback his analysis on this story has gotten as well next hour we've got fake news or not and and i'm i've got something i'm inserting into the lineup i haven't told you guys about yet all right but i'm i'm waiting until the last minute to see if what i thought happened here happened so that's why I haven't told you guys about it yet. So just remind me before we get to the clips and fake news or not. Okay. All right. About a certain interaction I had yesterday with a reporter who solicited my opinion. Okay. So I, I, I'm not going to say anything more. All right. 
I do have a written record of the entire exchange though. So I just, I want to give this reporter as much time as I possibly can to see if or how they plan on responding to what they asked me, the answer I gave them. And they're, you know, an hour ahead of us in Eastern time zone. So, I mean, they've had plenty of time, but I'm going to give them as much time as I can before I, I peel the curtain back on this. All right. And then for pop culture Tuesday, we're going to address a topic we brought up last week. Um, but we're going to address it now from an ideological perspective. All right. And the lesson that we can learn uh, is that a lot of Americans are ignorant of markets and it has nothing to do with their political persuasion. Nothing. I, I'm, I'm getting a lot of these exact same complaints and I criticisms from, from people who agree with us on the issues. A lot of Americans are just ignorant of money and markets and how they work and how they operate. And that's on purpose. All right. I mean, you are conditioned to think like that so that you aren't able to take care of your own finances so that you, 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 you don't even look at the gross line on your check. You just look at the net and assume that government gets those first fruits. We've all been conditioned to think this way and you can really see it and how it's playing out in this debate over the legislation that California signed into law yesterday, which I think might be the first, when was the last time California led the country in a capitalist endeavor? When was the last time? Certainly not since Aaron's been alive. No. Now, you and I remember the 80s where, you know, Ronald Reagan and people came from California, See, so it they, was more common, but they don't it's think been it's a, decades. Yeah. They don't think it's a capitalist. They're doing it accidentally. Yes, yes. They're, yes, they're doing it accidentally, but they are doing it nonetheless. All right. But we'll get into that a little bit later on. Before we have all of those zany hijinks, though, we've got our first order of business to attend to with Aaron, letting us know what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away brought to you by congratulations to President Xi and the Chinese people on the 70th anniversary of the People's Republic of China. No, President Trump uh, had some word salad regarding ongoing talk of impeachment. As you know, and you probably now have figured it out, uh, the statement I made to the president of Ukraine, a good man, a nice man, knew uh, was perfect. It was perfect. But the whistleblower reported a totally different statement, like the statement it's, it was not even made. I guess statement you could say with call. What? According to Adam Schiff of the House Intel Committee, Rudy Giuliani, the president's personal attorney, has been subpoenaed in the ongoing impeachment investigation. Do you testify? Because I think Jay Sekulow is absolutely right. You, you don't have to do anything. Oh, I don't know. I'm, I'm weighing the alternatives. I'm, I'll kind of like go through it. I'll get all my evidence together. I'll get my charts. I don't know if they let me uh, use videotapes and tape recordings. Florida Representative Matt Gates uncovered some old audio of the aforementioned congressman and impeachment monger Adam Schiff purportedly asking for and accepting dirt from Ukraine on political rivals. The audio was captured during a prank call from two Russian radio hosts with close ties to the Kremlin posing as Ukrainian politicians. So Buseva met with Trump uh, in in uh, New York at some point after the 2013 Miss Universe uh, yes. pageant. Absolutely. And she got uh, compromising materials on Trump after their uh, short relations. Okay. And, and what's the nature of the compromise? Well, there were pictures of naked Trump. And so Putin was made aware uh, of the, the availability of the compromising material? 
Yes, of course, uh, Buzova shared those materials with uh, Sobchak and Sobchak shares those materials with uh, Putin because she's a goddaughter of Putin and Putin decided to press on Trump. And, uh, and the materials that you can provide to the committee or to the FBI, uh, would they corroborate this allegation? Sure, of course. Ha 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 ha, that's so funny, the Russians really take us seriously. Speaking of not taking things seriously, Kamala Harris was asked recently about the connection between the Bidens and Ukraine. And if you're elected president, would you allow the son or daughter of your vice president to serve on the board of an oil company uh, outside this country? Probably not, but I think that the problem that we've got, again, with, um, with this issue is that it's a distraction from the fact that, look, as far as I'm concerned, leave Joe Biden alone. Just leave him alone. Washington Post tweets, If you want to understand how the sexy peach emoji has come to represent both the potential impeachment of President Trump and a butt, you must first look to the ancient Sumerians. Moving on, a sixth grader from Virginia made headlines recently when she claimed a group of white students physically assaulted her and cut off her dreadlocks. Like, all they were around me. And then one of them put my hands behind my back, one of them covered my mouth. They were kept on laughing and calling me names and everything. What kind of names were they calling you? Ugly. Uh, I shouldn't have been born. I... <laughs> Yesterday, sixth grader Amari Allen admitted she made the whole story up. Blaze TV host Steven Crowder has confirmed that YouTube is blocking searches for his videos on the internet... But there's a twist. So we ran some searches, identical general video searches. Uh, Steven Crowder changed my mind, or the, the title of the video. You know, very specific to try and leave little room for error in, uh, in places like Spain. I know we had a, a, a viewer out there, user, you know who you are, who searched it in Spain, and it was fine. Uh, same thing in Russia, funny enough. So it showed up. But then when we switched to VPN and ran a search in the United States, it didn't show up. Meaning content was more freely accessible in places like Russia. I believe the Ukraine, we had a fan from the Ukraine, don't quote me on that, but I know for sure Russia and Spain than here in the United States. A vice president and other officers at the University of Iowa must pay out of their own pockets for discriminating against a religious student group. In InterVarsity v. University of Iowa, a federal court ruled that the University of Iowa and its officers violated the law when they kicked InterVarsity off of campus for asking its leaders to be Christian. All secular groups and a few religious groups favored by the university got a pass. In a ruling last Friday, the court held that this discrimination was so egregious that the university officers involved would be personally accountable for any money InterVarsity lost fighting to stay on campus. The court left open the possibility that the university's president, Bruce Harold, could also be found liable. A conference called Resisting Whiteness was held over the weekend at the University of Edinburgh in Scotland. The conference featured a time for audience questions where white people were... <clears throat> encouraged not to speak. On Monday, Alliance Defending Freedom filed a lawsuit on behalf of a high school French teacher from Virginia who was fired after he refused to use male pronouns to refer to a female student who thinks she's a dude. Peter Vlaming gladly referred to the student by her preferred traditionally masculine names and avoided using pronouns in class. 
Rather than accepting this compromise, the school board fired him for refusing to use male pronouns. Learning Spanish today, today's phrase is, my preferred pronoun is, please don't build a wall. Mi pronombre preferido es, por favor, no construyas un muro. California Governor Gavin Newsom has signed a bill into law that would allow college athletes in that state to profit off of their image and name. Essentially, this means they'll be legally able to endorse products and get paid for it while they're in school. A new study issued by the Pew Research Center reported that more than a quarter of American adults had not even read part of a book within the past year. According to Pew, quote, roughly 7 in 10 U.S. adults, 72%, say they have read a book in the last Last 12 months in any format, a figure that has remained largely unchanged since 2012. End quote. And finally, not all heroes wear capes. What we're watching is a baggage car at Chicago's O'Hare Airport spinning wildly out of control. It's getting closer and closer to the aircraft while crew members on the ground watch on helplessly. And then this happened. That's how you do it. And that's what happened while we were away. Aaron's montage today brought to you by realestateagentsitrust.com. As we wind down until sort of that slow winter real estate season, although you can certainly find some bargains that time of year. Uh, But as we wind that down, you might be thinking, hey, this is time to strike while the iron is hot here as we head into fall. But uh, especially with mortgage rates uh, plunging, the economy is still doing relatively well. Before you go in there, though, your instincts are right. The timing is good. But before you go in there, make sure you've got a real estate agent you can trust, someone who understands what a marketing plan is. Uh, And it's not just having an open house. Nobody attends all the time. Somebody whose track record of success has been fully vetted and you don't just take their word for it. Somebody who understands what professional courtesy means. All right. If you want to know, where can I find an agent like that? Well, you know, there's a lot of referral services out there. But all of them except one operate from the premise of how do we find clients for the agents? In the case of realestateagentsitrust.com, this is really about finding an agent worthy of having you for a client, all right? Fully vetted. That's why they wouldn't be listed in the national database here. If you want to find a real estate agent that you can trust anywhere in the country, go to this website, realestateagentsitrust.com. Again, that's realestateagentsitrust.com. All right, let's get to it with Aaron's montage. I, I want to quickly start with the ruling involving the University of Iowa. <clears throat> and I got to say, this is the second week in a row now that our home state has been a place for a victory. This is a real win. In fact, in my analysis, as in, in our show was one of the very first ones to ever take seriously the threats to religious freedom, religious liberty. I hosted the very first ever presidential campaign event or political campaign event of any kind that highlighted this this issue. That was my first official task with the Ted Cruz presidential campaign in the 2016 is I hosted the event they did to spotlight religious liberty where we brought in Kelvin Cochran and uh, the the Kleins from Oregon and Baron L. Stutzman from Washington State. And these cases that are household names in a lot of conservative circles now, uh, I hosted that event with all of those victims. Okay. So I've done as much coverage interviews on this topic. Um, as, as just about anybody in conservative media has. In my view, th- since, since the current bake-the-cake bigot 
era has begun. This is the best win we've ever had and by far. It's bigger than Hobby Lobby, in my view. And, and here's the reason why. The ruling comes with a deterrent. The ruling is saying you lose with prejudice. You have malice as, as your intent here. And when you choose to arbitrarily enforce laws that you have no jurisdiction to enforce with, with clearly the intent of malice, you are liable for that. How do we get, how do we stop this from happening? You have to make an example out of somebody. You have, Fonzie has to take somebody into the bathroom. Otherwise, when you get into season four, five, and six, and he threatens you to go into the men's room, nobody's afraid. Nobody cares. Empty words. When you have rulings like what we had in the, in the Hobby Lobby case, where they wanted it, they went, out, they went out of their way to not word it as a blanket rejection of this form of authoritarian in, infringement on your constitutional liberties. Even in the Masterpiece Cake Shop, they said, well, if you could come up with a way that you weren't attempting to do this with malice, maybe. And then they've come after him two other times since then. And then when he has called their bluff uh, out there in Colorado, they've dropped their charges. This is the first time that someone has said on its face, what you're doing is not just unconstitutional. It is illegal. And when you break the law, there are to be consequences for doing so. This is the first time a deterrent has been introduced. No ACLU and Freedom from Religious Religion Foundation, you don't get to send out a press release from some basement office in Wisconsin, which is where I think the Freedom yeah. from Religious Foundation is, and then the taxpayers pick, send off some email to some school in New Mexico, and then the taxpayers pick up your legal. No, no, this scam ends here. And in fact, you're on the hook for this. You're the scam artist. You're the lawbreaker, and you're liable. Until that occurs, if you want, listen, let's just, we're going to talk about the Ukraine thing here with Sean Davis in 15 minutes. Let's say the Hannity take on this is right. And this is all a deep state redux. Let's say that it is. Do you want to know why you're getting that? Who went to jail for the last one? Who was held accountable for the last one? It's a, it's a short answer. I'm going to give you, it's multiple choice. A, nobody. B, nobody. C, nobody. Guys, what do you think the answer is? All of the above. Uh, yes. And so, so if I'm not accountable, Aaron, my goal in life is to get you to answer one damn multiple choice question that's simple. One time in my career. I'm going to make it happen. Now that okay? you've told me that. All right. But if nobody is accountable, why did they bring the Brett Kavanaugh thing back a year later? Michael Avenini may go to jail for actually telling the truth about college basketball and not lying about Julie Swetnick and Brett Kavanaugh. No, if there's no accountability for misdeeds, guess what you're going to get more of, folks? Misdeeds. No accountability. These, these hoaxers and scam artists are like the kids at a Walmart whose parents won't discipline them right then and there, so they just give them whatever they want to make them be quiet. You have now trained them how, to, how you will respond in these situations.
It is not until somebody with some authority who has taken an oath of office that they, they, they take seriously takes their belt off and says, we got a woodshed out back and I'm dragging your sorry carcass out there with me. That's the only way this will stop. There must be consequences. You want sexual assault to stop? Death penalty. You want fake sexual assault accusations to stop? Automatic 10-year minimum prison sentence when you try to wreck somebody's life. You want, you want fake hate crime hoaxes to stop? Like, Can somebody tell me when the last one of these was real? Do, do you, do we, this, this one that was making the rounds yesterday at the Christian school, and it's a fake one. Is, when was the last time one of these was real? Do you know the answer? Not off the top of Not my a, head. It's, it's very rare. The vast majority of these are fake. You want to make them stop? Automatic. 15 years. Maximum security prison. Why? Because you're, you're going to threaten to ruin somebody's life by going down this road. So you gotta get, here's the deterrent for you not to do the same. Want cheap shots in sports to stop? Well, if you take a cheap shot at a guy and he's out, whatever length of time he's out, you're out without pay. How you like them apples? Deterrence will make it stop. You want to know why, I, you know, I, my teenage daughter, my oldest one that I, I adore all my kids, but her and I are especially close. Do you know why she's having one of the, one of the most passive aggressive rebellions of all time? <laughs> You know, why? all right, why she why why she wants to rebel out and, and stretch her wings on her own. But when she comes into my house, she won't do it. Why? Because from a very young age, I introduced her to the term deterrent. And every time I said I was going to act, I did. So the message was sent from from the from the moment she was my little princess that she took her first steps on. The moment was sent. If I say I will provide accountability in an area that you will not like and you violated it, I will provide you that accountability. And I did it every single time. Deterrence work. In mass, now there's always going to be outliers, people that are just bound and determined, bad seeds, people that are far gone, okay? And, and, but they're always going to be the outlier. The vast majority of people will respond to discipline and deterrence when they are provided. When you stop telling the ACLU and the Freedom From Religion Foundation that they can get national injunctions and taxpayers will pay their legal fees, they'll stop doing most of these. And when you start telling universities, you know what, you're criminally liable for breaking the laws of the United States, they're going to think twice about a lot of this stuff. Finally, an adult said, finally, an adult said, you know what, go grab your switch, like Nana used to say to me, Aaron. Yeah, uh, and uh, I want to put this maybe in a little bit different words. Well, I have two things to say. One, I want to put this in different words. Do you think that many of my millennial comrades that you've seen gracing your airwaves over the last two or three weeks protesting climate change would really rail against capitalism and uh, in destroying the environment if it meant instantaneously they had to give up their iPhone or their smartphone? Mm -hmm. No, that's what you're talking about yes. regarding a deterrent. That's yep. that's why the next administration uh, administrator at the University of Wisconsin or the University of Mich Michigan or uh, North Dogwood Tech is going to think twice once they say, uh, no, I don't like your uh, Christianity, so you can't be here. You're not a normal person. Also, multi speaking of multiple choice, Steve, I'll give you three guesses who appointed the judge who made this decision. And none of them begin with George Bush. Is it an, was it an Obama-appointed judge? Yeah, it's an Obama-appointed judge. How about them apples? Stephanie Rose. Huh. Well, um, 
as the great prophet Wesley Snipes once said in one of the in the all-time classic, White Men Can't Jump, the sun even shines on a dog's ass every now and then. All right. That was an excellent point of order, Aaron. Thank you. Um but the the lack of deterrent is wrecking us across societal balance. You're going to have more fake hate crime hoaxes. You're going to have more fake allegations, fake racism. You're going to have all of these things because there's not a deterrent. And until someone or a group of someone's step in and say, the, the, as Todd, you like to say, the excommunications will continue until morale improves. That's right? it. And, and you know, the, 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 the breaking my foot off in your backside will continue until morale improves. You know, I got a text last night. Amy and I were at a church thing and we got a text from uh, our youngest daughter uh, about some of uh, her brother's behavior while we were gone. When I got home, I said, slap your shoes on. We're going for a walk. What do you think his first words were? Why? What did I do wrong? Yeah. Because dude knows if I say there will be accountability, there has always been 10,000 percent, 100 percent, 10,000, a million. Follow through. We're the adults. We had some accountability. After that accountability, I told him the next time if I have to do this, well, let's just let's just not have a next time. And I got right down in his level and I said, do you believe if you act this way again, I will provide you the accountability you really don't want? What do you think his answer was? Yeah. Yep. Then I gave him a hug, told him I loved him, and we went inside, and I asked me wanted some peanut butter cup ice cream because I was going to have some, okay? So there must be some accountability, and there's none. Finally, some judge said, we're going to have some. That would deter a lot of the issues we have in our society today. The lack of accountability especially when you mix it with victimology. When the highest you know, status to attain in a society is victim, you're going to get all kinds of fake allegations in order to obtain that status because there's no accountability if I don't have any. That child ought to be expelled from school in three seconds and never allowed back. I mean, we, we should, things like anti-Semitism, racism, these sorts of things should be taking, taken very seriously. And when they are exposed in a civil society, for real, they should be with maximum prejudice punished. Which means, though, on the other side, if we're going to take them that seriously, if you tinker with these things, if you try to Salem witch trial these things, if you fake these things, you will similarly be afflicted with accountability. That's what's missing. Accountability. I can almost always tell you, if you've got a young man who's acting out, ask him. Or find out, where was dad? What's the dad like? Is dad in the home? What's he, if he is in home, what's he like? Sometimes, again, you'll just run in. You'll just run into somebody who, you know, is, is just that far gone. But the vast majority of time, the answer is going to be dad sucks or dad's not there almost every single time. And why? Does that matter? Because of the lack, the lack of accountability. The lack of accountability gets a U.S. congressman on the phone with no self-awareness at all, talking to Russian radio pranksters, where he openly begins to consider their offer to acquire dirt on his political opponent, 
at the time he wants his political opponent impeached for acquiring dirt on his political opponents. Again, a lack of accountability. Yeah. And just for a little bit of clarity, that was that was from, I think, last year or the year before, but it's brought up again because of what you just said. Sure. Well, the reason that call was made in the first place was it was in the context of Russian collusion. Yeah. Right? Adam Schiff was being pranked yep. with Russian collusion. Yep. At the time, he wants Trump impeached for Russian collusion. Yep. And a year later... He's now, now it's, now it's, well, Trump's got to be impeached for soliciting, uh, you know, uh, uh, dirt from a foreign government on a political rival while he just did the exacts. He hit the twofer, man, the double whammy. But again, when we reelect these fools at a 92% clip, members of Congress are reelected. Did you know that? That 92%. Because my congressman isn't that. Then there's, again, no accountability. None. None. What did you think would happen? When we stopped holding people accountable, we're going to congratulate China on the 70th anniversary of their republic. Do you know in the first four years, Chairman Mao was in charge of of, of China when he introduced his great leap forward, his version of his five-year plan? Do you know in the first four years, this doesn't count political dissidents. This doesn't count people they just assassinated for rebellion. This doesn't count the one China forced abortion policy. All, none of the rest of that body count of this country for the last 70 years. Do you know in just the first five years or first four years that he was in charge of China after the communists took over, as many as 45 million people were killed just from starvation with his five-year plans. That's almost our entire abortion holocaust in America in 41 years. And that many people died the first four years of the Chinese People's Republic. And we're congratulating them today while we're in the midst of a trade war. Again, no accountability. None. So chaos reigns. Millions of Americans are struggling every day with chronic pain. This is pain that comes from inflammation in the body, not from, you know, uh, an illness or injury. If you have those, get professional medical care. But Relief Factor is a formula. Formula. Sounded like I'm from New Jersey there for a second. Relief Factor is a formula that was created by medical professionals. In fact, physicians created Relief Factor, even though it's 100% drug free. And so here's what that tells you. Uh, that they recognize just prescribing drugs for everything isn't great for your body, number one. And number two, that your body is more than an upright vat of randomly evolved chemicals. I mean, it's, it's designed, therefore it has a designer. And one of the things it was designed to do uh, is push back on inflammation. And that's what Relief Factor wants to help you with. All four natural ingredients that will help your body win the battle against inflammation and against chronic pain. It's a part of my everyday regimen. It's, it's my post-workout recovery now. Uh, and when I, when I used to just be a guest here on Shows in the Blaze, I'd hear host rave about this. I'm like, can it really be that good? But now that I'm here full time and, and I've been given the chance to try it, I'm, I'm never going without it, man. I, I cannot recommend it more highly, okay? And, and also, I've got one of the sensitive tummy things, so I have to be careful, you know, how many supplements and other things I load on there. Haven't had any issues with this whatsoever. So if you want to give it a shot, I know it sounds too good to be true, and I was once in your shoes, so here's what we're going to offer you. All right, just call our bluff here. A dollar a day for three weeks. It's called the Starter Kit. 20 bucks, a dollar a day to give it a shot. And if you don't see any results... 
you're only out a buck a day. What do you have to lose a buck a day? All right. But why not take a gamble on this? Okay. Get the starter kit at relieffactor.com. Again, that's relieffactor.com. Sean Davis is now here with us from The Federalist, and uh, his analysis of what's been going on with the whistleblower and the Ukraine story appears to be offending all the right people. That's why we wanted to have him on the program here today. Sean, it's a pleasure to have you with us on The Blaze. How are you? I'm great. It's an honor to be here. So thank you for having me. You bet, brother. I want to I want to begin before we go back to what you've already written. There has been some breaking news on this in, in the last hour that I wanted to get uh, our audience informed on and, and get your take on this. The the head of the Judiciary Committee in the U.S. Senate, Senator Grassley, uh, has put out a statement. Um, and, and here is what he says verbatim. Uh, this person, meaning the whistleblower, appears to have followed the whistleblower protection laws and ought to be heard out and protected. We should also work to respect whistleblowers' requests for confidentiality. Any further media reports on the whistleblower's identity don't serve the public interest, even if the conflict sells more papers or attracts clicks. No one should be making judgments or pronouncements without hearing from the whistleblower first and carefully following up on the facts. Uninformed speculation wielded by politicians or media commentators as a partisan weapon is counterproductive and doesn't serve the country. When it comes to whether someone qualifies as a whistleblower, the distinctions being drawn between first and secondhand knowledge aren't legal ones. It's just not part of whistleblower protection law or any agency policy. Complaints based on secondhand information should not be rejected out of hand, but they do require additional legwork to get at the facts and evaluate the claim's credibility. As I said last week, inquiries that put impeachment first and facts last don't weigh very credibly. Folks just ought to be responsible with their words. Again, that's uh, the chairman of the Judiciary Committee in the U.S. Senate, Senator Grassley, who's also the author of the federal whistleblower uh, legislation as well. Sean, I want to get to your reaction to that statement today uh, from Senator Grassley. Your thoughts? Well, I, I agree with every word of it, and I think Grassley is showing why he is consistently viewed as the best investigator on the Hill and also the leader in uh, finding and investigating and protecting uh, whistleblowers. So I, I agree with every word he said there. Um, and, and, and I think particularly his interest has always been in getting the facts. And so far, the facts that we have been given, the facts that have been alleged, uh, uh, don't show any sort of collusion or corruption or illegality during the phone call. In fact, that phone call between the uh, president of the United States and the Ukrainian president, uh, the transcript shows that the allegations against him and that anonymous complaint were completely false. There were multiple and myriad uh, errors and misstatements of fact and law throughout that trans throughout that allegation um, that the transcript proved uh, had no basis in reality. You have been um, and, and others, and we've brought it up on our show as well. Uh, adamant about pointing out the lack of firsthand knowledge uh, in the whistleblower complaint when it was released last week. Senator Grassley says that he doesn't think that that's a, a disqualifier as well, provided that it shows up to further investigative inquiry. What's your response to that? Well, so I, I don't think he actually went that far. He said that under the law, the law makes no determination about what evidence is good or bad. Instead, the discretion to determine whether an allegation is credible is left entirely to the inspector general of the intelligence community. And he also said that when you don't have firsthand information, you need to really follow up and, and look at uh, the underlying facts when you only have secondhand information. And yet we know the inspector general didn't do that. In fact, in a letter that he wrote to the director of national intelligence, 
the inspector general admitted that not only did he not uh, review the transcript of the phone call, which is the basis of the whole complaint, he didn't even bother asking for it. And so I think in this particular case, the lack of firsthand information is problematic because the secondhand information that was relayed turned out to be false. What is, where, where's the double-edged sword here, Sean, if we're going to protect the anonymity of whistleblowers, but we're going to do so in an environment of Russian collusion hoaxes, um, uh, fake hate crimes, like another one that we had yesterday, for example. Uh, so what's, what's the threshold and who do we trust to, trust to vet these that they're just not used for character assassination behind the cloak of anonymity? Well, it's interesting because in this case, the person is, is claiming to be a whistleblower um, and, and claimed to have an urgent concern whistleblower complaint. And under the law, in order for that to actually happen, the, the allegations have to be related to an intelligence activity and related to a member of the intelligence community. Okay, So a, a phone call, uh, a diplomatic phone call between two world leaders is not an intelligence activity. And the Director of National Intelligence and the Department of Justice said as much. Additionally, the President of the United States, the Supreme Constitutional Officer overseeing the, the executive branch, is not an employee of the intelligence community. And I know this is hard for a lot of members of the intel community to hear, but the President of the United States doesn't work for them. They work for him. And so what we have here, uh, especially as it, as it regards impeachment, is not so much a, uh, a, a narrowly defined whistleblower complaint. We have a political scandal here. And I honestly cannot possibly imagine throwing an elected U.S. president out of office because an anonymous member of the community that he and his DOJ are investigating for spying abuses in 2016 has decided that he doesn't want the president to be in the White House anymore. This is a political process, and for the good of our country, our constitution, uh, our, our unity as neighbors, and the, uh, the credibility of our institutions, this person really needs to come out and subject him or herself to questions in open and in public, because how else can the public decide whether this one person should be the, the one person who decides whether the president of the United States is thrown out of office? Mm. That's my question. I mean, you, so you don't get to face your accusers then, right? I mean, I, I understand institutionally why we have to protect whistleblowers, um, and because most of the time, uh, you know, uh, just ask Sir Thomas More whether it pays to be a whistleblower, okay? But on the other hand, though, at some point, you have to be willing to face your accuser, on the other hand, too. And and that's where, where's all the, I guess, if you're going to have a lack of corroborating evidence, and it's my word against yours, is that maybe the point, Sean, where you're permitted to to face your accuser? Well, recall that when the Department of Justice investigated this complaint to see whether it was actually statutorily sufficient as an urgent concern requiring congressional transmission of the complaint. They said, you know what, uh, we looked at this person and this person actually has evidence of partisan political bias. Uh, and if that sounds familiar, it's probably because it sounds a whole lot like the Russian collusion hoax. You know, we've spent the last two years dealing with this. The special counsel investigation paralyzed the current administration over it, and it turned out to be nothing. And the whole thing from the very beginning was funded by partisan political operatives uh, meant to change votes and sway minds in order to keep Trump out of the White House. And we know there were spying abuses. There were illegal leaks. There were lies as part of that campaign. And Trump, Barr, and the federal prosecutor, Durham, are attempting to get to the bottom of that. And it is shocking to me 
that an anonymous member of the intelligence community is being allowed to completely hijack the entire administration, which is itself investigating wrongdoing by members of that exact same community. That is not how a democratic constitutional republic works. That is how a banana republic works when spy services decide uh, that they feel like ousting a president they don't like anymore. And that's exactly what's happening. Sean Davis is here with us from The Federalist on Blaze TV radio and podcast. I want to get to the the point that you've been making the past few days that's really been the flashpoint of your analysis and has drawn a lot of rebukes from the other side. Uh, and that is you pointing out that whistleblower policy has been has was altered shortly before this complaint came forward from not accepting uh, hearsay, which is really what we're calling secondhand information. That's what we used to call it from not accepting it to actually accepting it before we get to the blowback. Can you just set the stage of of what you've uncovered and what you initially reported for the audience so they get that part right first? So what we reported last Friday and and what the ICIG confirmed yesterday was that sometime between May 24th, 2018 and August 2019, the intelligence community changed its forms for whistleblowers. It eliminated its guidance on those forms requiring firsthand information. Okay, The ICIG absolutely confirmed that yesterday, but they dropped a new bombshell in there. And the bombshell in there was that they did this after the complaint was filed against Trump and in response to media inquiries about it. So when we did our initial report, we never said whether it happened before or after because we didn't know. And we never said whether this particular uh, complainant filled out the old form or the new form because we didn't know which form he or she used or, or if one was even used. And so it is, it is really uh, surprising and concerning that the IG not only admitted that our reporting was accurate, but that admitted it made the changes that it did in response to this particular complaint. There have been, I, I mean, I wouldn't have the time to share them with you. I'm sure you've seen some of them, but there have been a litany of left media figures and, and institutions that have taken you, tried to take you guys to task for this report. Uh, and, and I've seen long Twitter threads. I mean, I, I, I actually saw it. First of all, I don't make reading media matters a, a habit anyway, um, having been misquoted in there myself dozens and dozens of times. But this might be the first time I've ever seen them attempt to come after one of us with actual links and documentation as opposed to uh, just pejorative name calling and looking like they took the comment section at Vox and turned it into a blog, right? So I'm, I'm sure you've seen a lot of this stuff attempting to say you guys have your basic facts wrong that this was this this is not anything close to accurate what's your response to that well they're, they're either lying or they're ignorant um because they're they're accusing us of having uh, said things we never said and they're ignoring things that we did report for example they're saying that we had reported that this uh, particular complainant used this new form we never did we explicitly in our article said we didn't know which form he used if any Second, they uh, uh, explicitly uh, accused us of saying that all these changes were made before this complaint, and we never did, again, because we didn't know. And in fact, as the inspector general admitted, uh, he did it after the complaint was filed, which is even more uh, incriminating. And then finally, they, they are deliberately misreading or ignoring exactly what the intelligence community inspector general admitted yesterday. And in its uh, press release, the ICIG uh, completely admitted 
that our reporting, our reporting was accurate, that they changed their guidelines, that they changed their guidance, that they changed their forms, and that they did so between May of 2018 and August of 2019. So uh, our reporting has been completely vindicated. What you are seeing is deliberate lies and dishonesty from the same people who peddled the Russia hoax and who peddled the Christine Blasey Ford hoax over the last three years. These are people who are not interested in truth. They are interested in power, and they will lie and cheat and steal and do whatever they have to do in service of the Democrat Party to make sure they get power. Sean Davis from The Federalist. Sean, thank you for joining us here today on the Blaze TV radio and podcast. I know you're busy right now. You carved out some time uh, to, to hop on here. We really appreciate that. Thank you, man. Thank you, Steve. It's a pleasure. You bet. Take care. You know those annoying robocalls that you're getting right now, the ones saying you are pre-approved for credit cards, loans, be careful with those. They're looking for your personal information. And even if you have identity theft protection and they can't you know, raid your PayPal account or take a credit card out in your name, what they can do now that they have the information you use to identify yourself online is they go to where a lot of our mortgages are kept, uh, where our home titles are kept, online and databases. They sign in as if they're you. They then make it look like you sold your home to them as they go about liquidating all of the equity in that home. And then they stick you with the late payments, the bills, maybe even the foreclosure notices. Don't let this happen to you. Uh, for the vast majority of Americans, their own home will be the, the, the most important and the most lucrative investment they'll ever make. Some of us have hundreds of thousands of dollars in equity in our homes. Protect it with our friends at Home Title Lock. They put a virtual barrier around your home's title to protect what your identity theft protection, your bank and mortgage lender cannot. Just pennies a day is all that it costs. And right now they're offering 60 risk-free days of protection. You want to take advantage of that right now. And you can also find out if your home's title has been targeted or tampered with at HomeTitleLock.com. That's HomeTitleLock.com. Todd and Aaron, some reaction to the conversation we just had with Sean Davis from The Federalist. What do you think? I think it's always best. And I'm saying this. I would have said the same thing before this um, that I'll say now because I don't really have a different perspective after that. Although... I will say one thing. It wasn't just leftists like Media Matters that were coming after Davis. It was the thumb-sucking Republican smart set that were coming after him as well. So I just want a point of order on, on that as as well. So I, as you said, to begin, all the right people, He was this was taking off all the right people. At the very least, on this particular issue, on this particular story and report from the Federalist and Sean Davis, at the very least, now that uh, this has actually been confirmed that these changes were made, the, the, the timing is incredibly suspect, and that's, that's putting it very kindly. I think we can all agree to that. The suspect of the, or the, the timing of these changes to right. whistleblower um, complaints. That's and, why and it's become such a flashpoint. Ex- exactly. The yeah. timing is just, um, you know, Occam's razor. I'll let you, I'll let you out there in the audience uh, apply Occam's razor for, your, for yourself. Secondly, I would have said this before the, the last 20 minutes happened, and I'll say it again now. Um, I, I think it's just best for us. We've already talked. We've always talked about what the uh, number one rule of rhinos, Republicans, Republicans, Republicans in Washington um, is. Uh, no, the number one rule is to screw conservatives. The number two rule. Do we remember what that is? Uh, revert back to rule number one. Exactly. Yeah. I think these, the, the same type of thing can be can be said for Democrats when a Republican is is in power, and that is just assume treachery on some level. And then the, the number two is uh, rule is just the same. Uh, refer to rule number one. I think that should be our, 
And again, I, I don't mean to sound like an immature little brat over here, assuming the worst about... I don't mean to sound like a fifth grade girl. Assume the worst about every... Intentions about everybody. But guys, Washington is made up of a, of a bunch of fifth grade girls. All right? Let's just, let's just put that out there. All right? This is just, uh, again, another attempt, I believe... I think probably applying Occam's razor to what we know, regardless, I know you've said multiple times, Steve, that uh, this is a much better attempt at doing what they want to do, which is impeaching the president or pres- President Trump. It's a much better attempt at that. But again, it's just a beauty pageant. It's just a show. Uh, and I think just assuming that that's what it is, you're probably going to be right more often than not. What do you think, Todd? And those fifth grade girls, by the way, that's the deep state. That's People think it, it's not... It's not Hydra over there or something like that. It's it's it, what Steve said earlier about when there's no consequences, when things go unchecked, anything can become the deep state. That's that's what it is. These men, and so it's not a, you. You really have to promise yourself you're not going to be a respecter of persons and all this. Just like with Kavanaugh, we we and it, we were talking about an innocent man not having his life destroyed in the name of politics. In that case, here with Donald Trump, it's not about Donald Trump. It's it's about the. The appropriate uh, role of government, check and balancing each other, where we stand as we the people in all this, we're fighting for something way bigger and way more important than Donald Trump or any p- particular politician in all this. We cannot have government run this way. An anonymous right. person just deciding that the president, no matter what party it is, has to go. That's like the rogue judges. We cannot do that any longer. I mean, I, it, it's, well, you know, if they get rid of Trump, we'll have President Pence. You're right. I'm sure the same people that are obsessed with Karen Pence and are already writing right. Nancy Pelosi, President Pelosi columns. I'm sure they'll introduce the, they'll, they'll treat the pre- Pence presidency as the era of good feelings. Right. It's, it's like we don't want to learn any lessons nope. here at all. Not Hour two is next. Back with Hour 2, live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. I'm Steve Dace. Todd and Aaron are here, too. If you do listen to us each day on the podcast or any day, if you have time, you wouldn't mind leaving us a five-star review wherever you choose to podcast from. The more of those we get, the more likely those algorithms help us find more people to listen to us like you. And then the more likely we are to get to hang around here. It's a, it's a symbiotic relationship. It's the circle of life. And, and we need all the help we can get. Thousands of you have left us those five-star reviews. Thank you. Please. Please keep those coming. 888-900-3393 is the number here. Steve at stevedace.com is how you can email us, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. Fake news are not coming your way in a moment. Brought to you by our good friends over at Riduzone. Hey, if you're wondering why you're struggling to meet your weight loss goals, well, your body was made to crave and conserve calories. It's only a recent human development that food was considered conveniently available to the masses. All right, so... With that in mind, that's why your body was made, to crave and then conserve calories once you get them. And so if you've been struggling with uh, sedentary life for a long time, it it could be difficult uh, to get your body trained to go the other way. That's where Riduzone comes in. Luckily, your creator put a molecule in your body to go from your belly to the brain. It's called OEA. And what it does is let the brain know when the belly is full. But look at it similar to when you started getting active again after you know not working those muscles for so long and you lost the muscle memory, 
and how how it was difficult to to get that back and you had to start from scratch in many respects that's kind of how your metabolic rate works as well and so that signal you've ignored it for so long that your body's just not used to listening to it so it needs a little bit of an amplifier and that's where riduzone comes in because that's all it does it boosts the oea signal because that's just all that it is oea it's not chemicals additives preservatives stimulants caffeine it's it's just oea that's why it's fda accepted vegan friendly gluten-free it's just oea if you want to give it a shot to see if this what might be the missing link in hitting your weight loss goals go to riduzone.com r-i-d-u-z-o-n-e for riduzone.com use my name steve as a promo code they'll give you 30 percent off a three-month supply that's 30 percent off a three-month supply at riduzone.com all right so gentlemen let me check my email right now and see if anything has changed all right i'm checking it rebooting it before we get to the clips i want to share something with you and and nothing has changed so it is 103 Eastern time. All right. Yesterday during the show, I got an email from a woman I'd never heard of before. Her name is Jacqueline Alamany or Aomany. I'm not sure how it's pronounced. It's A-L-E-M-A-N-Y. And she is listed as an anchor with the Washington Post. I don't know. They don't have reporters anymore. I don't know. That's anchor. Anchor is what her letterhead at the bottom of her email says. Okay. And I wasn't sure who this was. It was a prank. So, you know me, I'm, I always look everybody up and you know, she's like Harvard, edu- Harvard educated and stuff. And I guess she's on MSNBC and stuff a lot. So she's like legit. Okay. okay. Jacqueline Alamany or Aomany. And she sent me a note during yesterday's show. Hi, Steve. It's Jackie from the post here. I'm wondering if you have some time to discuss the media coverage of the impeachment inquiry. Thanks in advance for your time and help. Now, um, yesterday was payroll, so I've got a bunch of stuff to do with Amy and everything else. I didn't see this until 4.30 our time yesterday, which is 5.30 her time. I'm presuming she's gone for the day, all right? But just to be polite, and you know me, I'll talk to anybody. What's my rule? Johnny Dangerous. I'll talk to anybody within reason. Like when I've been invited to be in like Russia Today and Al Jazeera, and I'm not talking to them, right? But within some human reason. The Young Turks? Is that where you draw the line? You know what? If it was one-on-one, I might do that. That'd be cool. Yeah. Um, Actually, you know what? They'd have to come here. I don't know why I have to be the road team all the time. I, You know? I'm, I've got a studio too, but that's another conversation. Okay. Yes. Uh-huh. What's that? I said, yes, it yes, is. Yes. Let's move. Okay. So, but, but to be polite. Right. And, and I didn't know anything about her. I don't know if, you know, how, if she's terrible or not, and she hasn't done anything negative to me, I'll be polite. Plus I know it might be a chance for me to send, I if, if, use this as an opportunity to send a message to some mm-hmm. people. Okay. So I emailed her back. All I wrote at 439 our time, 539 her time. I just saw this. How can I help you? She emailed me back 10 minutes later, even though it's close of business out east where she's at. I'm just wondering what your assessment is of the media's coverage of the impeachment inquiry. And it ends with an exclamation point. Not a question mark. So, I mean, either that's a typo or she was really excited for my take. All right. Here is what I wrote to her 10 minutes later. That is a, I'm going to, I'm going to read for you verbatim what I wrote. That's a wide-ranging question, and I've been trained as a talk show host to keep talking until I say something. Never ask a talk show host an open-ended question. Smiley face. 
So is there a more specific situation slash dynamic you'd like me to answer? In general, though, I'll say this. And this was, and I, and I put quotation, this is a quote you may use. After two years of a Russia, Russian collusion ho- after two years of Russian collusion hoaxes and the attempted character assassination of Brett Kavanaugh, there's a lot of Americans who may never love the idea of Donald Trump being president, but they're also tired of the Get Shorty Act from Democrats and the media. They're looking for a vision for the country rather than more investigations, salacious allegations from anonymous sources they don't believe in, and cable news crackpots. I sent that to her 5.11 our time, 6.11 her time yesterday, after she had already set the precedent that she can get back to me very quickly and wanted my take, right? With exclamation points. With With exclamation points after close of business. So this was sent... Nearly, almost exactly in five minutes, it'll be 19 hours ago, is when this was sent. I have heard no reply, no response from her. Nothing. At all. Nothing. After she came to me, I didn't know who she was. All right, so I don't know who she is. She comes to me. I don't see it because I'm busy uh, handling business stuff with Amy all day yesterday. For th- I don't see it until... 30 minutes after close of business for her. I respond to her. She responds back to me in 10 minutes despite it being close of business. I give her a response almost exactly 19 hours later. It'll be 19 hours and four minutes. Almost exactly 19 hours later, I have heard nothing back from her. What do you think it means? Have you done any kind of follow-up? Well, like... Twitter search, see if there's a byline that came out. I'm just asking if you did or didn't. No. Now, we've always had Google alerts on my name just in case anything comes up that's libelous or crazy that we we have to debunk, Mm -hmm. and nothing has come up along those lines, but I'll look to see if she's she's written anything. Just a second. You keep talking. Go ahead. Uh, Because, again, close... I guess, uh, first I'll do the benefit of the doubt thing. Because of the timing of uh, close of business, uh, perhaps, uh, hey, I got something, it's in, feel no need to get back, it seemed like we had a good conversation. Um, so th- that's possible, and you're going to, if if you find, I wouldn't be surprised if you're looking right now, you do find something under her byline or in the post, and it was put in there. Uh, but on, on the other hand, uh, listen, this is, I've, very locally we've talked about this on the show but i've been um you know pounding uh this locally and then you talk about also the university of iowa thing that steve just talked about at the beginning of the show today why do you know why do these things happen and so why might you not get a response back in because it in narrative casting with uh, uh the university of iowa the judge an obama appointed judge called that there's nothing okay actually no i found something here you did yeah i just went through our entire twitter feed and found nothing i did this was published this morning at 6 34 a.m todd do you want to finish your thought or do you want to know what this is because this is power up trump's right-wing media darlings go to war during impeachment inquiry uh you know what so i'm included in that i did see that piece but i was not under the impression it was for a piece like this i was under the impression it was Okay, so go ahead. My my bad. I did see this. So I'm just perusing this. uh, I'm just perusing this now. Why don't you finish your thoughts, Todd, and I'll see if there's anything Well, my thoughts depends on what we may or may not find here. But in the University uh, of Iowa case, the judge said it was baffling 
that's the quote baffling that it came to this we were talking that a lot like how did the des moines register make its decision to step in the way of a guy giving money away uh through a football game happenstance to help a children's hospital again baffling but it's and if journalists ultimately are duplicitous when it's perhaps so easy uh to figure out uh, to point that out, why would they do it? Why baffling? Well, the, the narrative casting—it's—it's it, it's cultish. Steve has said it multiple times in the last week. We do not use that terminology as a mere rhetorical device. They—they they do these things because it is their faith-based crusade, and uh, that's why Steve. <laughs> You're you're wondering why his spite why he's talking about this in the kind of a spidey sense sort of way. You have to if you do not have any sort of spidey sense about the motivations of the people you're dealing with in the narrative casting in the political world, you will be eaten alive. You are the mark. If you ask, you will yep. you will sooner or later be used to ultimately uh, not to defeat. The very cause you think you're fighting for because you are so naive about exactly how this game is played. So what'd you discover, Aaron? I didn't see your quote in there. I'm going over it a second time. I don't see your quote in here anywhere. I assume this would be the piece that she was lo- working on. We I, don't that know I don't that. know. We don't know that yeah. for sure, though. But it's, is it, it is, sounds like is it, it is it about the media re- the me- the way the media has covered the impeachment? Um, no. Okay. No, it's just about because uh, I was again, asked about the media's coverage of yep. impeachment. Yep, okay. and but it seems like from the context. So here's the here's the here's the title power up. Um, I think that's just a rundown. Maybe uh, that's the name of a run, rundown. Trump's right wing media darlings go to war during impeachment inquiry. Okay, and uh, so yeah, the impeachment inquiry's right wing media problem. So All I right, don't know. Well, it could have been used okay. for something like that, but I don't know for sure. I mean, if it, there's another story that that quote could have possibly been searched out for from Steve, and we're talking about right-wing media. I mean, this is ridiculous. Think it, it's think it's possible that well, we've already we've already demonstrated that since I walked off the set at HLN, which is an affiliate of CNN, um, they have shown no interest in booking me, with one exception. And that was when I went off on Trump for um, um, oh, the the Warmbier situation and essentially um, giving uh, North Korea absolution on his death, on his murder. And suddenly out of the blue, they want to get me on a show, which tells you that they've got you tagged. Mm-hmm. They're not ignorant, okay? That, that they've got a list of people who have been critical of Trump before, and so let's get them on. You think it's possible that it was for this piece? And since I was, I, I was never Trump in 2016, they thought they were looking for somebody that would give, because their ranks are growing thin. You can only, you can only uh, that Tom, what's his face, who used to work at the Naval War College, Radio Free Tom, right, on Twitter. There's him, you know, there's Charlie uh, out in Wisconsin, Charlie Sykes. Sykes. You know, the, the, there's Bill, the, the, the ranks here are slim. You think they thought, you know, we got to, we got to bring in some other voice out here. And so they thought that I was going to conform to some binary reaction to this. And when I did not, it just had no interest. It was for yeah. something totally different. Well, it, that's as highly as likely as uh, any other possibility uh, we mentioned. But the, the point remains that you're, you, I mean, really, you saw in microcosm right there what basically our job is 
it always was. Uh, no, you know, as far back as you go, mm-hmm. but it, it, it's just more important than ever. It goes back to what I said, be, not being a respecter of persons. You know, you've got to know what you stand for and why, because the personalities coming in, wanting to, if Steve was just about, hey man, I, you know, I'm feeling a little lonely. Uh, haven't been in the, uh, the, the spotlight in a while. I got to, you know, you, you, you're going to get abused. Right. You are, they're, they're trying to to use you to make whatever side that they think needs to fall look stupid in pursuit of whatever narrative uh, they happen to be casting. And so, former never, never Trumper that calls you on your own BS probably doesn't fit your narrative, right? Right. So the, the yeah. specifics of this particular person and this particular cause is your, are, are almost irrelevant. Okay. It's about the larger issue of how it is so important that this show and other shows like it have to go about their business. You, if you're attention-starved, you're dead. You are utterly dead. Or wealthier than us. Or well, your integrity you're is still dead, dead. But you're but you're probably you're wealthier dead. than us. Let's get to it. Fake news or not, Todd and Aaron. I got a collection of clips for you guys. And remember, we're not we're not fact checking people who aren't interested in giving us facts. We are fact checking people and sources and leaders who were told are interested in still treating us with some modicum of uh, human worth and dignity. All right, you guys ready to go? Let's yep. go. All right, we start with this one on the whistleblower. I mean, these, these things fly in the face of each other. On the one hand, it is outrageous to say that you demand to see a whistleblower. That sentence in and of itself doesn't make any sense. They're blowing the whistle on corruption that they see, and they're in that category because they feel that they could be punished. They're afraid of reprisal. On the other hand, we've seen what happens in this country if you come forward at all. I mm. mean, there is so there are so many threats of violence to reporters, to, I mean, anything related to the Kavanaugh hearings. We have, we've reached this period in time that if you step out on either side, your life's at risk. All right, that's a conversation about protecting the identity of the whistleblower on Fox News yesterday. Aaron, is that fake news or not? I cannot. It's fake news. Now, as far as, um, you know, as far as the uh, morality or ethical nature of whistleblower protection laws, they're, they're there for, for there's reasons why they're there. Um, I'm, I'm and trying to think through this from the other side. You know, what if this was a... I don't know. We're trying to trying to put the shoe on the other foot here is what I'm trying to do with this. And would I would I change my would I change my outlook if the roles were reversed? And I honestly don't think that I I would. And here's another here's another part of this that I don't believe um, that, that that I that makes me believe that this is fake news. I cannot imagine how we would how how we're able to protect. Nine Supreme Court justices, but we wouldn't be able to protect a whistleblower. That's you see a good what point. I, you see what I'm saying there? Yeah. Um, if it's something this serious, with a, with a national election on the line, which is what we're talking about here, um, then then things should be treated as such. Meaning that things should be taken very seriously, not just hearsay. Even if it's very good hearsay, you've never even seen hearsay like this hearsay. Um, Things need to be taken to a different a level of scrutiny, and that includes those who blow the whistle. So yes, there is there's always going to be a risk, and and you don't want to dissuade whistleblowers. But part of the um, part of the way you um, don't dissuade whistleblowers is that if you do come forward and you are outed, you are going to be protected like one of the best people, or like some of the most protected uh, officers in our in in our country. So that's that's why I think it's fake news. All right, that's a, that's an interesting perspective, Todd. What do you think? Well, it's it's fake news uh, to me because it's also talking about this in 
a vacuum. Now that I can't remember her name off the top of my head, but back when I did Francis. used to watch, she's a yeah, she's a she's usually struck me as pretty reasonable, and she's a smart cookie. Do you also know who she is, Steve? No. She is a child actress. Do you remember at the end of Little House on the Prairie where they like adopted a boy and a girl, a little girl? I do. Yeah, she, she's the she, little girl. She's the little girl. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, anyways, but she's uh, it's it's fake news because it's talking about that in a vacuum as if uh, yes, we should have these. Generally speaking, this is a this is a whistleblower who is uh, ostensibly uh, trying to take down the president of the United States, rightly or wrongly. Uh, there's. A bar here where you just don't like it, you're protected, but the 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 bar for you uh, we're not going to let you just cloak yourself in victim status right out of the gate, and and that's where uh, that the, that was the vibe I was getting out of this. You 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 have the onus of responsibility of making sure that the. <laughs> These are some big, pretty uh, big eyes to dot and T's to cross. So you do not get to just sit there and huddle in victim status. And now it's suddenly the president, the president, no matter who they are, Republican or Democrat, is suddenly guilty until proven innocent. I, I don't like the vibe coming out of that from this whole thing. Yeah, I, I think in general, we should protect whistleblowers yeah. in general. But if, if you're telling me then if we cannot corroborate anything that right. they're putting in there. And then we have, but, but on, on, without corroboration on the basis of their allegation, we have to, we have to make momentous historical decisions yeah. or end somebody's mm-hmm. life. At that point now I get to face that's, my accuser. That's the, that's a more succinct point yeah. uh, of, of what I was trying to say. Yeah. All right, let's get to clip two ditch chiming in. Will there be oversight as well though at the federal level to make sure that that money is being spent in a way that truly does secure the elections, or are you advocating just giving the states the money and expecting them uh, to do the job to whatever standard they see fit? Yeah, the, the Department of Homeland Security did a terrific job in 2018 of working with the states, and uh, they, they know what they're doing. It was very impressive. By the way, we had a, a classified briefing for all senators uh, by the administration on the 2018 election, and behind closed doors, there was bipartisan applause for the great job they did in 2018. And then our Democrat colleagues walked outside and told the press uh, exactly the opposite. Look, 2018 was a big success story. I'm convinced we're ready for 2020. Any foreign country that messes with us is going to have a, a, a serious uh, a problem. All right, Aaron, what do you think? Is that fake news or not? Are we ready this time for foreign election interference? So here's the thing. You, you know the the prank call that those two radio hosts pretending to be Ukrainian politicians did with uh, Adam Schiff? Uh, I believe that was last year or the year before. I, I had not heard of that, and I had not heard that until this broke or what was resurfaced yesterday or this morning. And that was either because I just missed it or it was in the middle of our moratorium on, on all things Mueller uh, during that fiasco. And the, the thing that strikes me, I think, this is total, I think this is total fake news. One, the whole context of this, pro, this, this question that, that McConnell is being asked, the whole context of this, the bottom line is, uh, McConnell's just like, yeah, we're just throwing money at the states and they'll do it. Um, just throwing money at the problem. That's a typical Washington swamp answer. And that's all, all that's all that. Here's what really bothers me. Russia takes us so seriously that the Kremlin calls up a couple of their lackeys, a couple of DJs on the radio and says, hey, guys, can you uh, 
Can you play the other side of this uh, Russian collusion, uh, Russian collusion hoax for us, and just you know, uh, make uh, make one of these representatives, one of one of these uh, one of these uh, clowns, uh, make really look like a clown? Um, and they're just sitting over there laughing at us. They really are. Like they are that petty with how unseriously they take us. I don't think now. I I don't know how serious that is, but I really don't think. Until we really admit who our enemies are, I really don't think that McConnell has a dang clue how secure our elections actually are. Also, there's this, um, what are we doing about immigration? Um, that's, that's all I'll say about that. We're doing a voter drive. Yeah. All right. Todd, I'm going to let you tackle this next clip for the brevity of time. You get this one all to yourself. Okay. All right. Um, this is one of the oddest, most passive-aggressive fact checks in all of media history. Watch. I hate to do this, really, but the president isn't telling the truth. These allegations against Joe Biden and Hunter Biden that he's repeating have been investigated by the Ukrainians. What's amazing is that what Trump appears to be trying to do is to turn his own impeachment into a big deflection. Her factual point was correct, but couldn't the former Bush White House aide have waited until at least the president had his say before unloading on him? I, I, I find Nicole Wallace one of the most loathsome individuals in America. Like, I, like she is the human equivalent of fingernails on a chalkboard that's never been washed and fingernails that have never been trimmed. Okay, I mean, I just, I, she gives me a vile She's basis. She's like the feel, uh, what's McCain's guy, Schmidt? Chuck Schmidt. Yeah, no, Stephen Schmidt. Stephen Schmidt. Yeah. She's like the female version of him. That's he, a great she analogy. She really does drive you nuts. I Which like is it. why I'm, I'm incredibly despondent about losing an argument to her. What was, what, do, can you give me the point, what was the point of Howard Kurtz's complaint? You were, you were factually correct, but could you have waited un, until the president spoke again before getting your facts right? Do you, do you, can you help me understand that fact check, what that was? If I had to guess, he feels the same way about her that you do. I think that's it. And I just, I don't, I think he was just kind of id right there. I'm not defending him. I, I'm guessing. Do you think it's something that my paycheck says Fox News and he, that's, I'm, I'm, oh, well, there's, that's what I'm really there's, here to do? It's a longer way of saying, I don't like your tone. Yeah. Do you think there, there, there's about 75 other Nicole Wallace clips you could have accurately fact-checked rather than busting out with one and where, you, where your opening of your fact-check was, well, she was factually correct. I mean, have you ever seen anything like that before? Like every day on Fox News. I mean, that, but that's the thing. It's all, that's like that morning show that they have. Of, it's all id. If, if they, st- it's okay. I get, we all start with id on some level, but, but then you gotta, again, be no respective persons, persons. Make sure you got your facts together. Make the better argument. They're just, we're so locked into just not doing that and yeah, flowing. I- uh, you know, th- th- throwing feces at one another, criticizing her for for being factually correct is it's a bold it's a bold it's a bold move, Cotton. All right, let's get to the next clip, and I'm going to let you double up and get this next one too. Okay. All right. Uh, this is what will happen if if Donald Trump is impeached. Is it fake news or not? Watch. 
Look, I don't pretend to speak for all evangelicals, but this week I have been traveling the country and I've literally spoken to thousands and thousands of evangelical Christians. I have never seen them more angry over any issue than this attempt to illegitimately remove this president from office, uh, overturn the 2016 election, and negate the votes of millions of evangelicals in the process. And they know that the only impeachable offense President Trump has committed was beating Hillary Clinton in 2016. That's the unpardonable sin for which the Democrats will never forgive him. And I do want to make this prediction this morning. If the Democrats are successful in removing the president from office, I'm afraid it will cause a civil war-like fracture in this nation from which this country will never heal. I love another passive aggressive. I, I, I don't want to speak for millions of evangelicals. And then I'm about, then I'm going to do, uh, I'm going to get exactly that. But Todd, fake news or not, what do you think? That's pretty close to true news. And not the never, never heal the last part. I mean, we talk about, I, I believe we're in a, a civil war uh, uh, right now. Uh, whether or not we can heal or not, not uh, I, I, that's, that's uh, I want to set that part aside. But when he talks about all the people he talks to, I don't think he's making that up. I think there's a roll tide-ism going on right there. I think it within his bubble, and listen... He's got a pretty big bubble. We can hate that all we want to, but I think it's a pretty big bubble. I, I know his bubble pretty well. Uh, He's right. I think. And, and, and five minutes after Pence becomes president and does something they like, all those exact same people, I know these people. I've, I've, I've organized them all over the country. Mm-hmm. Okay. But five minutes after Mike Pence takes over and does something they like. He's the best. Gonna, yeah. You know, it, it, maybe on second thought, it's best if we have somebody that doesn't, you know, have all the baggage. They'll, they'll suddenly start being honest with themselves about Trump's baggage. Trump was terrible. Yeah, well, I, I, I know these people. Which is why I yeah. set aside out of the gate the we'll never recover from. Yeah. Because yes, that, of you're right. the psychology I, yep. I, I, I knew of. But in terms of what their feeling is right now when he talks to them, I, I believe he's if he's really going to from church to church and talking to people afterwards over coffee and donuts or, you know, yeah, I believe that's he's what going from church to church. I don't know what he's doing. Yeah, man. I'm pretty sure he's not. I'm, I'm willing to go there. One more. We got to get to this one. Where have we heard this before? The most investigated president in the history of the country, and they still haven't found a crime. They're still looking for a crime. They haven't found a crime, so they're making things up. The media is not media. It's just Democrats who work in the media, and the whole group of them is aligned. And what we are in the middle of now, folks is a cold civil war. It has begun. It is a cold civil war as opposed to hot. There's no hostilities declared. There's no two clear sides of this. And certainly no uh, shots have been fired. But nevertheless, we're in the midst of a cold civil war. Where were we? Where have we heard stuff like that before? Welcome to the party, pal. Fake news or not, guys? What do you think? Yeah, so uh, he may, you know, maybe not for the reasons he thinks, but uh, yeah, I mean, where we are at right now is the people with the guns don't have the stones to start a hot civil war, and the people with the stones don't have the guns. So that's that's (laughs) where we're at. (laughs) Bingo was his name. Oh, that's that is uh, that's very well. That's very well said. Um, You have any thoughts before we get out of here? 
Of course. Well, that's two in a row. I mean, we're right about the Civil War. I mean, we've been banging that drum for a while. And again, not for rhetoric's sake, because of reality's sake. The Venn diagram. We have no overlap. There's no... We, you, you can't share a country with people who get out of the morning and wanting to end all the things you believe with. So, yeah. We, and that makes us uncomfortable, but don't be a respecter of persons. Just because they said that and we don't like them some of the time doesn't mean they're not right in certain ways. All right, when we come back, Pop Culture Tuesday... I have seen a stunning lack of knowledge of how markets operate. So we're going to talk about this issue for the second week in a row, but from a different vantage point next. We are reminded constantly with corporate America more and more aligning with the people who are aligned against a lot of the things we're trying to conserve as conservatives. That's why when you have an opportunity to do business with those whose values line up with yours, take advantage of it. All right. Um, especially when, you know, they're offering the same nationwide coverage you'd get from everybody else. They've got plans starting as low as $25 a month, some outstanding incentives right now to make the switch. I'll tell you about in a moment. And it's, it's, you know, it's a product that it's almost impossible to live in in America these days without. It's your mobile phone. Make the switch to Patriot Mobile, America's only conservative, veteran-led mobile phone company. They take their profits and donate them to the causes that you fight for, that you support. In fact, about $2 million worth of donations to conservative causes and values around the country just in the last few years. I mentioned plans starting as low as $25 a month, but how about those incentives I teased a moment ago? You can still get that Moto Z3 Play for only $5 a month when you make the switch right now. The Moto Z3 Play for only $5 a month, but they're running short on those, so don't wait. And they'll also waive the activation fee on up to two lines when you make the switch, if you use the offer code blaze, patriotmobile.com slash blaze. Take advantage of those great offers right now. Patriotmobile.com slash blaze. If you're listening to us right now and you're like, oh man, I can't uh, go online, but you could make a phone call, call this number 877-367-7524. That's 877-367-7524. And you can give them the Blaze promo code there as well. Or just visit patriotmobile.com slash blaze. All right, let's get to Pop Culture Tuesday. This is where each week we take a look at the intersection between pop culture and conservatism. And last week we talked about California had passed new legislation and they were waiting to see what the governor, Governor Newsom, would do out there with it. But it's legislation that allows uh, college athletes to capitalize on their name and likeness or what we like to call in our, our you know, social media era, their brand, uh, should there be a market to do so. And these would be places independent of the university. And for those of you that keep wondering, why don't the schools that are making all this money just pay them? Well, here's the problem. They're giving scholarships to hundreds more athletes that play in sports that are that make no money and in fact are lost leaders and those sports are paid for by the profits that come from football and basketball. Well, then why don't they just pay the football and basketball players who make the money? Federal law, Title IX, doesn't permit them to do that. All right, that's why you've seen scholarship cuts in football in recent years because they can't have more male scholarships than female scholarships even if no one goes to watch the female rowing team when they do the ratio there has to be the same amount of female scholarships offered as male um that's why you know you see sport you'll see schools for cost-cutting measures will cut baseball but not softball 
because they can afford to lose the male scholarships, but they need the female ones to be Title IX compliant. And so if you pay the football players and the men's basketball players, then you have to pay the exact same thing to the women's lacrosse team and rowing team. That's why. So that's why they need to do this independently of the universities themselves. And so California passed a law, and yesterday the governor signed it into law uh, that says, starting in 2023, so uh, three years from now, basically, uh, student-athletes will be able to capitalize through ind- independently through third parties on their name, likeness, and brand if there's a market for it. We talked last week about how we finally figured out how to get leftists to promote capitalism. Because what's the, what, what the great irony is, is I've watched endless amounts of, of, of sports media guys who are huge leftists and all in for Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren et al., are now acknowledging that capitalism is the path to, to equal opportunity for those who lack agency in an unjust business relationship or an unjust economic environment or an, in, or, or an unjust economy of scale. I mean, that's the point of capitalism to begin with. So we talked about the irony of that. In fact, this might be the first time the state of California has promoted something that was on the vanguard of capitalism in decades. But there's, a, there's another thing that has come up that has... I guess I should say it, it's bothered me, but it hasn't surprised me. There's a lot of people that vote the way you and I might like them to who really don't understand the basic principles that we are voting for. And there's a lot of people who are calling themselves conservatives who don't understand what it is we're truly trying to conserve. And if you want to see what, what happens when you allow a dogma of one particular anti-American worldview to wreck your public education system. You can see it on a topic like this. For example, one of the things I'm seeing, and, and, and I'm only looking at what other conservatives or people who identify as conservatives are saying to me about this. That free markets will, quote, open a wider gap between the haves and the have-nots. That the best schools are going to get the best players. A, that's already happening. The best schools are already getting the best players. How many, how many recruiting battles does Duke lose to Valparaiso, let alone Iowa, Aaron School, Wisconsin, Todd School, even Michigan, mine? which is considered the superior basketball program of the three that I just mentioned from a branding standpoint. We don't beat Duke in any recruiting battles either. We don't beat North Carolina in any recruiting battles either. I think your old coach, Bo Ryan, signed one McDonald's All-American and the kid was from the state, right? The Decker kid, right? So you're not beating those schools now. The reality is a free market gives you a chance to do so. Here's why. Because... The only schools that care about NCAA rules are the ones that are actually obeying them. Because there's really little accountability. That's why everybody's waiting to see how the NCAA responds to this college basketball scandal. And the first target that they're going after is obviously Kansas, which is a pretty big, that's a, you know, that's a pretty big uh, target in the college basketball world. One of the biggest. They're an all-time blue blood. But we'll see how that turns out. But if, if you were concerned about it, if you're a school in the Big Ten, and you're making huge cash, but you know, 
the mission statement of your university doesn't want you out there violating NCAA rules with CD relationships with shoe companies and, 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 and boosters, right? Well, now, now you get to say above board, hey, we can offer you Mr. McDonald's All-American. You can come here and be a spokesperson for university hospitals for 75 grand a year. We can offer that to you. Or at least university. Well, that wouldn't work because it'd have to be a third party. So, but your boosters could go to them and say, like, is there somebody that owns, um, you know, a, a huge chain of restaurants? And now they can offer these kinds of incentives above board. When before this was just done with a black market. So you could not have had opening markets doesn't create inequity, guys. It creates an equality of opportunity. Opening markets creates competition. Because see, what is happening right now is if you're not in the southeastern part of the country looking for players, you've got a double whammy. Because number one, demographically, that's where the majority of the best players are, particularly in football. And then number two, a lot of those schools just cheat because they don't care. And you know why they don't care? Because in many respects, they shouldn't. In, in what other context in all of human history, you know, one of the things that Old Miss went on probation for is one of their assistant coaches was paying the utility bill for Laramie Tunsil when he was a player there. You know, for future first-round draft pick in the NFL. It, guys, in any other context in human history, is it considered, other than NCAA rules, is it considered a bad thing when someone of economic advantage provides for someone who's economically disadvantaged? Can you think of another context? I mean, and, and don't give me some extreme example like, well, I'm hiring Guatemalans to be my drug mules. I, let's have some common sense. All right, where, where, the, where, the, where the act of helping them does not entail an, a blatant, illicit immorality, okay? Mm-hmm. So let's have some common sense. In any other context other than NCAA by- bylaws, is it considered cheating, wrong, immoral, illegal for someone with economic resources and advantage to pay the basic utility bill of someone who doesn't have those things? Can you think of another context where that's considered bad? No. Which tells you what about NCAA bylaws? They're, d- they're dumb. That's what it tells you. In no other context would it be considered bad for somebody of means to pay for a basic necessity for somebody who can't afford it. And no, in no other context would it be bad. And so what you've got right now, if you're in our part of the country, is you've got a double whammy. Where in the South, they don't care about the NSA rules and they just flaunt and break them all the time. And then they also have the best players there. So they're at a demographic advantage as well. If you want to compete with them, you might be able to compete with a black market. You might be able to compete with demographic superiority. You cannot compete with both of them. You can't, you can't do that. Because here's how that works. You think you're going to pull a big-time kid out of that region, and then they come to you and say, hey, we'll get your dad out of prison. That actually happened in Michigan with a corner named Jai Eugene. That actually happened. That's a fact. That actually happened to them. And you know who did it to him at the coach at the time is a Michigan alum. Les Miles did it to him. All right? Because, again, in, in what other context, it, it, <laughs> these, these, these bylaws are stupid. They're dumb. And the way to eradicate all of this is just simply, you're an adult. What you do on your own time is not our business as the NCAA. And we're here to make sure that the academic reputations of the institutions isn't tarnished for this. We're far more interested in what 
what kind of caliber of characters you have on your campus. But why does anybody care if Bubba the Love Sponge Booster is giving $1,000 to a player at Auburn? I'll just pick them because they're my number one team right now. When, who's playing a sport that on any given snap, he could, he could sever his spinal cord and never walk again. Does that seem like an unfair amount of compensation to you given the danger in, inherent in, 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 in the product? No, not no. necessarily not. No, uh, which further shows how stupid these rules are. They're unenforceable on top of that. So you already have a dynamic where the best players are going to the best schools. Open markets are confront iniquity. They don't create them because they create competition. And now, if, the, if, if schools like Iowa, Wisconsin, and Michigan, if, if, if their alumni networks don't want to get involved on that level to get those players, well, then they made that choice themselves. And that means you're not a what? You're not a what if you made that choice yourself, what aren't you? You're not a victim. You made that choice yourself. We don't want to swim in those waters. We don't want to acquire players that way. Then you made that choice. So be it. Own it then. Well, then we're going to have, what's to stop a booster from just writing a million dollar check to get get the next five-star recruit? Do you know how many of these schools really get million dollar checks? Not many. And from very few people. (laughs) Why wouldn't they pay a million dollars to get to Tua Tagovailoa's autograph to get him to come back to the NFL, to come back to school for another year? Well, because the NFL is going to pay him $30 million, Maybe. Maybe. Okay. Maybe. By the way, does anybody pay Tom Brady a million dollars for an autograph right now? No. You know why? Because it's a taxable event and it's in the open market and his autograph at most is worth about $70,000. You know, you know, all these players are going to have to pay taxes and all this? Well, how will the NCAA regulate this? We don't it's need the NCAA. NCAA. We don't need the NCAA to regulate this. We have tax laws. We have the IRS. We're the only, the only judicial um, jurisdiction in America where you are guilty until proven innocent. Do you know what the IRS is going to do, Willie Nelson and Wesley Snipes? If they find out you've been getting all of these payments and not filing them as income... They're going to throw your ass in jail. We don't need the NCA to police this. We have the IRS to do it. These are taxable events, like any other business arrangement. Like if I just, if we just decided that, here, I've got three employees to my company, the three of us right here. If we just decided we weren't going to do withholding anymore, would we get away with that, guys? Probably not. Probably not. (laughs) I, I, I am shocked. And, you know, well, you know, the amount of money these guys are going to make. Well, first of all, the only people who are going to make money are the people who are worth it. The center on the team is not making any money off of this. He might get $500 to do some kind of autograph signing at a car lot once. But he doesn't really have much value other than he plays for the team that they compensate him a scholarship for on top of his training table, his food, on top of his books, everything else. He's getting a pretty good deal. The vast majority of these players are going to find they're actually subsidies. That, that whatever they're getting from the school is more than they're worth. And then the kids that are worth a lot will get what they're worth. That's, that's, like, any other, that's like any other industry. That's how the industry known as the Steve Day Show works. Todd and Aaron are of immense value to the show. And I've communicated that on multiple occasions. But gentlemen, what is your value if I go away? Is it lessened or diminished or or raised? 
It's it's less. It's less. Yeah. Why? Because whose name is the show? The Steve Day Show. Okay. So is the is the all American right tackle at Alabama? Is he really important? Yeah. Yeah. Is his name Tua Tagovailoa? No. Doesn't diminish his importance, right? But but he's not Tua. You understand what it is? I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. This is basic economics of markets. And uh, could I add one one thing as well? Yeah. Uh, which which is of more value to potential uh, endorsees and sponsors? The left tackle at USC or the left tackle at Nebraska or Iowa? And this is kind of a trick question, but it's going to be Nebraska or Iowa because there's a thousand or two thousand other people in Los Angeles that are more uh, right. marketable yes. than the left tackle at yep. Nebraska or Iowa. That's how this actually That's exactly. That's why I said this is going to level field. the playing field. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> well, not to hey, make. Do you know why a pack of cigarettes? within a prison population may cost you um, an act of prostitution or hundreds of dollars. And then what, what do they, I don't even know what they cost at a gas station. What are they? Five, 10 bucks. Let's just say 10 bucks. And why are they 10 bucks at a gas station? Why? Because one of them is purchased in an open market and one of them is purchased in a black market. Whenever, whenever products and goods and services are exchanged in a black market, the fees go up because it's contraband. You're circumventing a system and you're acquiring and, and accepting an, an, an inordinate amount of risk in order to do so. So that's why it's always more expensive in a black market. Whenever something becomes in an open, whenever something is available in an open market. So the longer something is available, like when HDTVs first came out, could you get one for like less than three grand? Nope. But the longer something is available in an open market, you can go to, you can go to Walmart right now and get a 4K TV, which is two steps of evolution beyond HD for five, from a major name brand like a Vizio or an LG for 700 bucks right out of your own pocket. Because the longer something is available in an open market, what happens to the cost? Where does it go? Down. Down. The longer something must be, must, can only be available in a black market, what happens to the cost? It goes up. Because the longer it needs to be accessed through a black market, the more risk is being assumed. I, I am shocked at how many of us don't understand these sorts of principles. And when I say us, I mean, like us, don't understand the things. I, if you look at it, there's no good arguments against this from a conservative viewpoint. None. Not a single there, one. There's one. What's that? There's one. And it's, uh, I'm ultimately, you had me at hello with how dumb the NCAA has been. It deserves this. It, it, it you know, if it, it had many chances to try to keep the train on the tracks. Like the O'Bannon ruling should have been, the, they should have known right. this is where it was going to end up 10 years ago. So right. listen, Churchill, democracy is the worst form of government except for the rest of them. Same applies to capitalism. But I, here's one thing I promise you, Steve. It does, it's not an argument. There's going to be, like with Insta Replay, there's going to be a lot of dumb that comes out of this. It's going to look circus, like a circus at times. It's going to look embarrassing, just like the economy with a, 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 increasingly that has no moral boundaries. It, this is, it, that, that's undeniable. I, I, it's not an argument against doing it, but there's no way to avoid that. You're going to have all kinds of people wanting a piece, just like they do now. Oh, you're going to have parents not filing yeah, taxes This is going to be, this is going to be the yearly story that my Iowa Hawkeyes have. Some, some, uh, some player on the team drives their uh, moped in a non-moped zone. That's going to be uh, incessant stories regarding tax stuff, I think, coming out of this. But they're adults. And you know what? Yeah, that's, a only, that's, yeah. that's, well, a well, that's a you problem. That's a you problem. 
See, when you say they're adults in a world where we used to have adults, adults. and expect you to be a one at 18. Adults. Yeah, we don't have that anymore, which is why this is going to be stupid and embarrassing. It's not going to be us doing it, but it is going to be that. I promise you. That's probably on every topic we could discuss yes. nowadays. Yes. <laughs> hey, see you guys tomorrow. John 317. This is Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network. Oh,